What's up, everyone? Holy shit. Got to another week. Look at that. Days are going by way too quick. <laughs> I can't even keep track of any of this shit anymore, man. It's it's insane. I'll tell you what right now. Um, we're kind of going to get into uh, just life update type shit. Um, figure I'd be transparent with the audience and whatnot and let everybody know like what's going on inside my world. Um, so I left my previous job, right, about three months ago now. And in that process, it's uh, been quite a battle to figure out what next step I want to take. As far as, like, I'd say a career at this point in my life, i got to figure that part out, right? Um, and I've had some interviews here and there kind of trying to figure out some of that stuff. And I felt at one point that it wasn't really going anywhere. And I was just really confused and didn't know what to do. But you know, I started getting back into you know, making this podcast again that I did, you know, years ago and started streaming again. And, and it's been very consistent. Of course, every Friday we got this podcast going up every single day. We're streaming no matter how many hours it is. Sometimes on the low end, it's three, four hours minimum, but you know, I've done as much as 12 hours and I've been loving it a lot. And that aspect with the whole stream is very hard to maintain, uh, just mentally, right? It, it's easier said than done. A lot of people just assume you just sit in front of a TV, you play the games, you start streaming, but there's so much that takes out of you when you're doing it. It's basically working like a full-time job, right? Without the benefits of a full-time job. But, you know, it's very rewarding in that sense. You really learn a lot about yourself in that process and you're trying to figure some shit out. But, yeah, in the midst of that, I wanted to make sure that with doing the podcast and streaming, I wanted to make sure everything else is getting corrected. So my health, I've been working on that. Uh, as of right now, I am a little over, well, like a, I'd say a month and probably a week of being sober. So I haven't drank any alcohol, haven't done anything, right? So I feel a lot better doing that. And outside of that, with health, I wanted to make sure I'm outside, you know, walking or running, damn near every day. So I had a good run of about two, three weeks in a row where I was outside of walking about three miles a day. And then recently this week, I started transitioning into the running aspect, which I haven't done in a long time. And I'll tell you what, I feel it almost instantly. But um, yeah, getting into the running thing, man, it's it's really cool. And I know some people could do it every single day and get exhausted, but I used to never do it like that. And I think it's still beneficial to what I'm doing. So what I do is, you know, I just do like a mile right now, right? And I have it to where, like, it's a certain amount of laps around my block and whatnot. So I'll, like, walk one, run one, walk one, run one, stuff like that. So I wanted to make sure I'm easing my way back into that field. I don't want to just jump the gun and be like, oh, I'm just going to go out and run five miles and just push myself, right? Then I'm going to be out of commission for probably a week or two because I haven't done it in so long. So I've been very disciplined in that, figuring it out. And I've been very consistent on it. And... Yeah, it's always oh, it takes about 21 days from what I understood of doing something very consistent for it to be a habit, right? So I've been doing this for more than 21 days. And like I said, about a month and a week and whatnot, just being sober and everything else. And then more recently, though, this just happened within the last week, I've been doing my intermittent fasting again. So with intermittent fasting, what I do is I won't eat for 16 hours out of the day. And what I'll do is I'll have a, like two or three like 
meals throughout the day. The way it works is breakfast. I usually have like a bigger breakfast. Um, and it always consists of just like eggs. Um, what else usually I do? Oatmeal, you know, majority of the time. Sometimes I'll have some like chicken in there. Maybe so just like random. Like sometimes we have tri-tip, right? And I'll have some tri-tip with that, whatever. And then maybe a cup of coffee, make a smoothie, whatever it may be. And then you get some of the, you know, peanut butter added with oatmeal. You got bananas. You got honey. Sometimes, like, almond milk. Majority of the time, never did that. But just started doing that, like, today. But, yeah, man. And I noticed just a huge change in my body just doing this within the last week. And, of course, you know, kind of harboring back to what I said earlier with doing this running stuff and streaming podcasting. I did this about three, four years ago very consistently for damn near a year. And I was able to cut down well above, not well above, but damn near close to like 100 pounds, right? So I cut like 100 pounds. I had everything working very consistently. I was outside running every other day. I was streaming every single day. I was doing a podcast, I want to say about twice a week, maybe three times a week, and just pumping out content a lot of the time. But I was very happy and I found a rhythm with it with working a job on top of that, right? Because I classify all this stuff as a hobby in the meantime. But I want to turn the hobby into a full-time job, right? But it's not there yet. So in the meantime, of course, you know, the job has to be there. And that's what I did before. I had a part-time job and I was able to work everything around to still pay bills and be comfortable. I was cool. Now, I I figured out a way whenever I left my previous job to kind of maintain myself for a few months and I've done it. You know, I've, I'm perfectly fine. I'm good. Say if I didn't have a job at all, right, I'd still be fine for the next few weeks, a month, whatever it may be. But, you know, along the way, we found some nibbles, right? So um, I'll kind of list the places that I actually applied for. Very random. I was going to – I'll show you where it starts. The I can't even talk. The evolution, right, of where I started and where I kind of worked my way up. So – Whenever I left the retail gig before GameStop, I was very, I guess, in the wheelhouse of just maybe I just stay in retail for now, mainly like retail management, right? So I had, I think the first interview was for a UPS store out in Modesto. That was to run that store. And the interview went really good. We talked for like, fuck, probably well over an hour. And everything seemed pretty cool. And I really liked the owner. I liked the current manager that was there. He was basically looking for a new job. He had something new that aligned up with his career that he set forth for himself in college and whatnot. So he was about to leave. And, you know, I, like I said, I thought things were good. And I just never got a call back. Right? Happens. It's cool. And a week goes by. And then I get another call from Staples over there. So, like go in for an interview and this was for I want it was like an inventory lead or whatever so essentially what it was breaking down to me as was hey you come in on certain days um and then you'll take in the receiving product from a truck of course distribute it out on the sales floor or put it in the back but then you're leading a team in a sense to kind of do those tasks like oh can they understand where uh, certain retail products go the dollar amounts, the values, of course, whatever it may be. Where does it need to be put? Does it need to put in a lock case? Does it need to be put on the top stock or in a back, whatever? I did a lot of the stuff at GameStop, so I thought that was a lock too. But the the initial thing was, and it wasn't even an offer. It was more of like, if I could get you this, would you take this amount? And 
it was a very low offer compared to what I was getting paid at GameStop. It was just, it was kind of ridiculous. And I was like, look, that's really low. Can we do a little bit more than that? You know, and I wasn't asking for much. I was still taking technically a, a pay cut going there if I were to take the offer, right? But my offer, you know, it stood at where it was. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of looking for this, but can you communicate what I would want to your district manager and then maybe we can get something done? So the guy seemed pretty on board with it. He was like, yeah, let me contact him. I'll get back to you shortly. And of course, like the UPS thing, it didn't work out, right? It never got a call back, never got any type of follow-up on it, which it's all good. No harm, no foul. Um, And then, you know, after the first couple of weeks, it went really dry, man. And mind you, this was like the first or second week of June, I believe. It went dry for almost a month. Um, It was like application after application, application, application. I damn near racked up. Last time I checked, I was at 50 or 60 applications for sure. I, I racked them up. And, you know, it was dry for a while. I was trying to figure out exactly where I needed to go next. I was getting very concerned. I didn't know what was going on. I, I felt worthless, right? Um, and I couldn't figure it out. I was just, I needed help. And, of course, I'm glad friends and family were always there by my side the entire time, kind of figuring the stuff out with me and, like, reassuring me something will happen, of course. It's just a matter of when. And... Then, you know, this just happened the last couple weeks, I believe. So mind you, you know, this has been well into June, well into July of hardly anything going on and no no other interviews. Like it was bad. And the last couple weeks, like I said, then I got, this is the end of July, I believe. So yeah, it was up until the end of July. Um, Then, you know, I had a conversation with my brother. My brother, you know, he currently works at a pretty big company. And he was telling me, he said, hey, they might be hiring, this and that, I'll try to apply. So I did. And sure enough, within applying in that conversation me having with him, I got an invitation to go to an interview, right? Or have an interview. And yeah, they scheduled everything within probably two hours of the conversation I had with them and just applying. And I, I was very stoked. I was like, oh man, like this might be the one. This might be the one. So a few days go by and we go to the interview. This must have been... I want to say last Monday, if I'm not wrong, was the interview. And yeah, sure enough, I got a video call. That's what it was. It was a video interview. It was supposed to be about 45 minutes. And then, yeah, you go with the interview. And it was very straightforward. You know, you you get lucky sometimes when you have some interviewers that really are passionate about what they do. Um, they really go out of the way to explain everything with the job, really try to understand you and what your intentions are with that company and just what you're about as a person, right? Of course, I didn't get an interview with that style this time. I don't fault him. I don't, I don't want to say like he's horrible, right? But yeah, it was definitely a weird experience because it was very robotic. It was like, hey, I have pre-selected questions right here on my screen. I'm going to look at it. Not really give you too much eye contact. Not really ask anything about yourself, which he didn't ask anything about that at all. And it wasn't like, oh, I want to get to know you. It was more of like, well, what can you do for the company with these pre-recorded questions, right? Which I get it. It's a company. They want to know what you're about and what they're going to hire, right? So I try to give elaborate answers, but keep it to the 
you know, minimum. I didn't want to go on a long-winded response to where it's just I'm essentially retreading the same ground I just laid before it and just rewording it a certain way to where it's like, oh, well, maybe it sounds better if I say the same thing but something different, the same sentence, and whatever it may be, which is a horrible way to have a conversation with people. But, of course, that happens a lot of times when you interview people, and I experienced that when I worked at GameStop. That was a lot of the stuff that I had to go through when I interviewed some people, and Either that or like shyness, awkwardness, which is fine, you know, to a certain extent. But yeah, dude, it was it was an interesting time when I had this interview with, um, you know, I'll say the company Frito Way, right? And yeah, so we had this conversation for like twenty minutes, and he asked those questions. He showed me a video about what the position was, and that was pretty much it. He said, "Hey, we're gonna send you an email within the next week. If we want to push you forward, then you'd have orientation this day. You would have." chemical training the next day and then you would start working and it was just a part-time gig mind you right but i didn't mind that because it was just a couple days a week and then i could focus on like streaming and podcasts and everything else i was cool with that so you know days go on you're kind of getting anxious you're like i don't know what's going on like they're kind of taking a while this kind of sucks i want to figure this out i want to get a job i'm like i'm anxious right and of course, I got the email and it said you know they've chosen not to move you forward in the process so then they kind of put you back in a dump. So you're like, oh, dude, this was the one, and I didn't get it. But I tried not to be discouraged, though. I was still streaming every day. I was getting outside, going out for runs, going out for all those long walks. I was still getting it done, no matter how I felt. I was like, this needs to be done. I will do, I will do it and get it done, no matter what. And I still did it. And it did help. It suppressed some of that pain that I was feeling internally. But, of course, internally, it was still there. I just knew how to just mask it in a way. But yeah, man, it was interesting because after that, I just kept applying for different places. And in the midst of last week, and this was like very quick all with each other, I had a previous, um, what was it? I had a previous application for a job called Joanne's Fabrics, right? So you go in there and you're kind of just, it's a retail gig. You're making some type of fabric for, you know, Whatever the clientele may be, I don't want to make any specific um, remarks, but it's like, yeah, dude, it's very specific clientele for that. But yeah, dude, it was it was interesting. Um, they got a call back to me, and then they they wanted me to go in for an interview, so I went in for an interview, all that good stuff. And then, yeah, I had the interview last Friday for that place, and the cool thing was, it was. A pretty good interview. It was something that, you know, the manager went out of her way to kind of understand where I was coming from, um, what the job's about, what my previous job experience was like, and, you know, what could be done to make a good merging into a new company, right? And we had all that. You know, I, I figured that out. I figured out the chemistry with her. She was, she's a firecracker. I keep explaining her as a firecracker because she knows exactly what she wants in that store. And, you know, she's not like mean or anything, but she's aggressive about it. She's like, let's get this stuff done. Like it needs to get done and whatnot. And she's a real go-getter. So I'm like, all right, cool. I get it. And yeah, she ended up hiring me on the spot for that. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm down for it. I'm glad, you know, out of all the you know applications I put in, the interviews that I did have, um, she just seemed like the most interested in keeping me and wanting me to work there. And sure enough, you know, she made that offer on the spot. So I was game for it. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. You know, you took a chance on me. I, I'd love to show you what I'm about. So we did that. And it's just a part-time gig, right? So that solves a portion of the problem. 
with everything else in my life, right? So I was like, okay, well, what can I do around this job? It would be interesting to figure out if I could do some more things. And sure enough, um, outside of that, I applied for a place called Conagra Foods out in Oakdale. Um, I still don't know a whole lot. I need to get ingrained into the culture of that place. I, you know, sorry if I haven't got like too deep into it, but yeah, as far as I know, they make some type of produce and like mass produce, of course, and then, you know, send it out to different places, restaurants around the world. It's a big thing. Um, but yeah, I applied for that. Um, and this just happened, I think the same day I applied when I got that job at Joanne, if I'm not wrong, maybe a day later. But yeah, I applied um, around the same time last week. And then I got an interview for this Tuesday that just happened this week. Um, and then the funny thing was the interview, it was, it was very strange and I'm still a suspect of it, but the interview, it wasn't a normal interview at all. It wasn't like a 20 minute thing. It was, I'm not even joking when I say it, it was a two minute interview and it was essentially just asking, Oh, could you work swing shift? Could you work graveyard? Could you work OT? Could you work weekends? Could you work holidays? Um, simple things like that. And I honestly think that was the extent of the questions, you know? And after that, it was like, okay, well, um, we should be sending you an offer letter within the next few days. If you're selected, you know, respond, uh, whenever you can, whatever it may be. So it took about two days and just yesterday, right. I got the offer, um, to work there and it was a big offer. It was a nice chunk more than I was getting paid at GameStop. And only downside of course, is I would be working graveyard. So that kind of sucks, but you know, I'm willing to make that sacrifice and show the company that, Hey, look, this is what I'm about. I'm very hardworking. Um, I'm a well-oiled machine over here, dude. When somebody takes a chance on me, I'm going to show them like what I'm made of. And they did. They took that chance. And, you know, I'm going to put everything I can into that company. So that brings it home, right? Um, we have the full-time gig now. That's locked in with a nice, nice payday. Not going to lie. I'm not going to say the exact number of what it was. But it was, like I said, it was bigger than what I was getting paid at GameStop. But, you know, a chunk better, <laughs> bigger. And then I was like, you know, ready for that. I was like, that's cool. I'm doing it for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, so I'm game. And what it kind of brings home now is, look, I still have the part-time gig though, right, at Joanne's. So I was brought with this question of like, hey, well, would you work just at the company, which would make more sense to a lot of people? Or are you going to try to keep the other job too? And I was like, well, I want to keep both. And the reason behind it is I won't work that much at the part-time gig. They've already told me I'm only going to be there like nine to 12 hours a week. So I'm like, okay, like I can give you guys like nine hours a week. If you want, we'll just chalk it down or even just eight hours, you know, just give me two, four hour shifts a week. That's it. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I would not mind. And you know, that would just be extra income, right? I would have plenty of time and I wouldn't mind doing it. So why not? Let's do it. And the crazy thing is, on top of this stuff, right, the full-time gig and then the Joanne's gig, there's a third option as well. And it's not an option as to I pick that over the other two. It's I'm going to merge that into the other two, right? And this brings it back home from what I said in the beginning with GameStop. So the interesting thing with GameStop now is I know people who know me. I've talked about this quite a bit. I was very vocal about GameStop and what they've done and how they treat some people, whatever it may be. But I found a unique opportunity with this place. So recently, I caught wind that the 
individual, I'll just say that, I won't say her name at all, but <laughs> this woman, you know, that essentially just tormented the staff that I was working with and that I was managing. And from what I understand from customers and employees, the new staff that she was working for, she was still doing the same thing. Stuff that I previously announced her working off the clock, still did it. And this is exactly what happened. So within the last week, this woman wanted the assistant manager to clock her out at a very specific time. So the individual was like, okay, well, I need to check the time period, right? And check the clock. I'll go on the computer and, you know, I'll check the footage, see what's up. Checks the footage and come to find out that this person, this girl, she left four hours before the store was supposed to be closed. Four hours. And she wanted to be clocked out when the store closed. So she's she's trying to pull some sneaky stuff right there, right? Get paid for all that stuff. And she thought she was going to get away with it. So the assistant was like, hey, dude, like, what's going on here? I noticed this was, you left at this time. Like, why'd you do that? And I just understand that, of course, excuses started coming out. Oh, this is the reason, um, whatever. And, of course, they started investigating further back. So let's check some other shifts. Sure enough, you see other shifts working off the clock multiple hours at a time. You cannot do that. That is illegal. The company could get fucked over if they got caught doing shit like that or even allowing it. And sure enough. They presented it to her again. Like, look, we have this other stuff. Why are you doing this? And it got brought back to me. Oh, the previous manager at this GameStop gave me so many things to do that I would have to work off the, I would have to work later every single time. Let's play devil's advocate, right? Let's say that's the truth. If I did that, which a thousand percent never happened. If I gave you too much to do and you couldn't get it done in a timely manner, wouldn't you just leave at the time that you're supposed to, or contact a manager and be like, hey, would you want me to stay longer for this? That never happened either. Because you know why? Because I never left any of that shit for that person to do. Complete bullshit. And when I was told this, that they tried to make, or she made that excuse to these new people, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, dude, look, I made this person's life easy. I didn't do shit. I was like, dude, do these couple of things and you're fine and dandy. But she would still stay hours off the clock, reorganizing things inside the store to what she wanted it to look like. That wasn't me. That was all her. So when she tried to make that excuse to these new people, it still wasn't going to fly, right? Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because like I said, if you play devil's advocate and say, oh, if that happens, you know, if the manager was so bad, and made you do this shit, which that would be me, then you still worked off the clock. You didn't get paid for any of it. You still worked off the clock. And it wasn't just once. You did it multiple times. So at that point, she was fucked. She was fucked. So these new people, they knew her story were bullshit, was bullshit. So they're like, hey, we're going to present this to other people, higher up, whatever. Sure enough, I believe it was the next day that she contacted you know, the managers and stuff at that store. And told them that she resigned. And she is not going to be working there anymore. So what did that bring off in my head when I heard that? Sign me up. (laughs) 
if she is not in that building causing a completely toxic environment, regardless of how, you know, some other issues that I've had with the company, whatever it may be, which I don't think it's that crucial, right? I did make a very um, strong point to some people that I know about how I felt, but look, I'm, I'm vibing with those new managers there. I think they could do some cool things. And I have so much knowledge about that company, the way it should be ran, and at least the store level, right? The customer base, I got so close to all those people. No matter, no, negative or positive. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, experiences there. But yeah, I'm, I was more than game. So I contacted them and said, look, I'm down to come back under certain parameters. So I wouldn't be a key holder or anything. Of course, I'm not trying to be an assistant manager. I'm not trying to be a store manager. I don't want to be none of that stuff. Get me in the lowest level. And I just want to be in here more of support. You guys need to help with some things like running some operation stuff. I can show you guys all the stuff. I did it easily whenever I was running the store. I had no issue with it. So that's the third thing to kind of piece it all together with the two other jobs. It might be a possibility to be going back to GameStop at a very low level. And it, like I said, it's done on purpose. I don't want to be in any other position. I just want to be in that GA role is what they call them. And I essentially just want to come in. I want to help out. Like I said, support. I could run some numbers easily. I mean, that's just a proven fact or anybody that knows me through GameStop. I could run numbers. And, you know, whatever help they need inside the store, either operationally, um, you know, tech-wise on the computers, whatever they need, you know, just to learn more things. Like, I want to do that for them. I'm willing to do it because I believe in those managers in there. And they, that store deserves it, man. Because when I first got there and I had Dan teach me all this stuff, of course, people don't know Dan. Dan was my manager at GameStop, best manager I'll probably ever have in my life. And now he's like my brother, right? Like we're hella close, talk almost every day. And yeah, he taught me everything I know and just the passion he put into just the store and the customers and even the crew themselves. It was like, that's what you need in a manager. So I took everything that he showed me, regardless of what some associates would say. I'm not going to fucking say their names, but, you know, a couple dummies along the way, right, that just didn't like the company, that didn't like people in general, and just try to manipulate people and to believe in that they're the fucking victim in anything, which that guy knows who the fuck he is. That guy is fucking beyond ridiculous, and I never want to hear anything out of his fucking mouth saying anything negative about me or Dan, because that guy... He got treated like a fucking baby. And that's what he wanted to be treated like. The victim baby, dude. The man baby. That fucking guy. But, you know, I can go on a rant about that for a whole fucking episode if I wanted to. But I'm not. Because I don't give a shit about that guy. And I don't give a shit about the negative people that bring that energy into that store. Because that's not what it needs to be there. I want to go to work and fucking be cool with my coworkers. Be cool with the customer base. Run the damn business the way we're employed to do it. and have a good fucking time doing it and have fun more importantly. So that could be instilled in that store again. And I do think they have a couple components already in place for it. And if they need an extra boost, they need some extra insight, extra training, whatever it may be, I could provide all that shit. And I'm willing to do it regardless of what happened before, right? I'm willing to do that. And at a very low level of the knowledge that I have, not working there that much once or twice a week, probably when you're a GA, I don't see why you don't employ me, right? I could see why 
And some people that work through that company will try to block it, which I'm still fully preparing for, because I do believe that could happen, thousand percent. And say if that does happen, they try to block me from working there again, so be it. What am I missing out on? A couple of hours each week. As much as I want to help out and how much I deserve, they deserve at that store to be, you know, run it exponentially better than what it was previously with that other toxic person working there, right? I think they deserve some extra help. And there's no other candidate that has the experience that is willing to go into the position like that. Not even an SGA position, you know. I'm willing to take the lowest paid position just to help out and see what's up. So that's the trifecta right now of jobs and income that I'm trying to work on. So the idea being the main source is going to be Conagra and get paid really well and then work two part times. And like I said, I wouldn't be working at either one of those stores too much throughout the week. It's just extra income. If I work 16 hours total, right, at each store, let's just say that, but like, you know, four hours, you know, here and there at each store. I'm fine with that. Even if it's once a week, I wouldn't even care. Oh, you, you guys want me to come in for one time this week? Cool. I'll come in for four hours. I don't care. I'm going to work only three hours. Cool. Okay. I gotcha. No worries. Um, so that's the goal, man. I want to have those three things going on. And then still, right, I'm still making these podcasts every Friday. I'm still streaming every day. The streaming might take a hit, so to speak, because I can't stream for 12 hours a day. That's just impossible when I'm working all these other things. But I can still easily manage four to six hours a day on streaming. I could do it. No problem. So that's the goal. I have the streaming, podcasting. Streaming takes a little bit of a hit as far as how many hours a day I do it. But everything else is going to be flowing consistently. So fingers crossed. I got... What I got four check boxes marked out of five, and the fifth one is just like a, a what if, right? What if they want me to come back to GameStop and they're cool with me coming back? I'd be fine with it, right? So if I can mark all those check boxes off, get all the jobs, get all my hobbies going at the same time, and have it flow simultaneously, then I'm good. You know, I, I got a nice little path paved out for me. Better than what I was doing before when it was just only GameStop and I wasn't doing anything else. I think having all this and my mindset now and just very goal-oriented, I want to have all these things flowing. I don't want to be overwhelmed by just one. I want to be, you know, bouncing to different things and learning new things constantly. So I think we're going to get it done. But of course, you know, that was just the update. That's like half the episode. I mean... This episode won't be too long in general, but yeah, I didn't mean to go on a huge rant about it, but I just want to let people know just the inside of my mind and just what people kind of deal with shit like on a daily basis. It's very hard for just adults to even talk about this shit anymore, man. I feel like when we're younger, it's cool. Like we can talk about with our parents and maybe a therapist, friends, whatever it may be. Um, But nowadays it's kind of like, well, get your shit straight, get your job, get this done, get that done, get that done. It's like, you have to figure all this shit out and you kind of just have to deal with your issues on the side. And it's tough, man. But, you know, I just want to put out there in this hemisphere of the podcast world, right? Just so you people can know like, hey man, like this shit's no joke. Like it's rough sometimes. And hopefully, you know, some people can relate to some of these things and 
understand that it's a hard life out here, man. And, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out for themselves and figure out what betters themselves and not what other people want them to do. So outside of that, though, I do have very small amount of topics to talk about this week. Not a whole lot going on. I do think the next couple of weeks are going to be ramping up quite a bit. We've got some new releases. I'll get to that at the very end for those next couple of weeks of what we're going to be streaming, reviewing, all that good stuff. But to kind of just kickstart everything into the gear, right here, um, first thing I'm looking at, these people are fucking great. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen Digital Foundry. So these guys fucking really break down to the nitty gritty of upcoming games, current games, whatever it may be, but they break down the graphics, you know, and I can't fucking be like, oh, every little thing that I could detail out in words. I don't know all these words, bro. I'll tell you what, like a lot of this shit, it's, it's very technical and I wish I could know this stuff on hand, but I just don't, right? But yeah, so Spider-Man came out for the PC and they have a whole graphics breakdown, optimized settings. So if you want to put it, you know, certain 4K settings, ray tracing, whatnot, see reflections, all that good shit. Frame rates, all that goodness. Um, they have like a 26-minute video breaking it down what it looks like. And I'll tell you what, I mean, of course, it's on the PC. It's always going to be superior to any type of console that's out. But it's just, you don't really think about how much better could a game look whenever it first comes out, right? And you see it now all the time with remasters, remakes, all that good shit. Like, oh my God, it looks so much better than the thing I've seen before. But the real thing I love to see is when it's on a console and then they throw it onto a PC eventually. Then you know. Then that's, that's the fucking, that's the remake. That's the true intention of a game, I believe, is when it's on a PC. That's the true uh, power of it, right? So I've seen some things with like God of War, Horizon, Uncharted. Of course, I'm very Sony-based, so those are some of the things I've seen. But of course, even on the Xbox side, of course, Halo, Forza, all that good stuff, Gears of War. Um, it looks fucking badass. So now that Sony's kind of dabbling in that field of throwing things on the PC, which it was pretty much just an Xbox thing going from console to a PC, um, PlayStation started to do it heavily. And like I mentioned with those previous titles, those are all on the PC now. But the Spider-Man thing, I never thought was going to go on a PC because that's very, like, corporate-oriented, like, mass consumer-type thing. So it's like, oh, if you have a PlayStation, like, everybody's going to buy a PlayStation to play this thing. And it's, like, the most family-friendly thing, right? It's like, oh, my God, like, I can you watch the movies, the TV shows back in the day, right? Um, so you think it's very, you know, kid-oriented and need to have access to that. So, like, system would be better. But eventually, you know, they did a full upgrade to the PC. And yeah, I can't stress it enough. It looks fucking amazing. Frame rates look ridiculous. The graphics themselves, you know, particle effects, whatever it may be, shadows, everything. It looks fucking awesome. And yeah, if you guys are ever curious, like I said, Digital Foundry on YouTube, gotta look those guys up. These guys go fucking super into detail. And you know that these guys aren't bullshit and they know what they're talking about and they've been doing it for a very long time. And it's just cool to see when somebody is like very smart, right. In a certain field and they've done so much research and done so much hands-on experience with the hands-on time too. Right. And they figured it out. And then when they're trying to explain it, you know, it comes off as boring sometimes, but it's just like, dude, they just know it so well, they can just chill and relax and they don't have to make it like a huge fucking show the whole time. And, really over exaggerate the point of what it really is and it's just it looks fucking badass but definitely check those guys out and make sure you see what they're all about for sure if you don't already but kind of segue into the next thing um 
more comparison videos of The Last of Us Part 1 for PS5, of course. Um, it's The Last of Us. It's the biggest thing, right, that PlayStation has ever put out, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it fucking, it's just looking better and better. Of course, I was going to buy this game regardless. Just seeing the first announcement trailer back at the, what was it? Summer Games Fest, I believe. That was like the last big surprise during that whole conference. And I was already locked in because it's my favorite game ever. Story-wise, right? Gameplay is still badass, but you know, I played other games that felt better. But yeah, story-wise, it's my favorite thing. But yeah, it, it came out on a PS3 eventually. Or not eventually, but originally. And, of course, back at that time, that was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. And then, of course, you get the remake, or they call it a remastered, of course. So they came out on the PS4, notice to be better, right? Infant stage of the PS4, you want something new to play, and then you're like, oh my god, Last of Us just came out recently, but then it's only on PS3, and then boom, here you go, remastered. Look great. And then, of course, over time, they still upgraded it here and there. They kind of run a little bit better for a PS4 Pro, all that good stuff, so it was cool. And those two experiences right there, those two different versions, I mean, I beat the game probably two, three times each system, maybe, because I just love the story that much, and I want to try not even different difficulties, but different playthroughs, just random things. It's like, oh, I want to play through a playthrough I'm using, like, a shotgun only, or, like, a machine gun only, or, like, a fucking pistol only, sniper only, stupid shit like that. Just gave me an excuse to keep playing it, but, of course, at the end of the day, I just loved it that much. But... Yeah, now we're, like, inching closer. Of course, that just happens naturally with time, right? It's like, oh, this thing got announced a year or two ago, months ago, whatever it may be. You're like, oh, my God, there's no way it's going to come up that quick. And, of course, we're two weeks away from this game releasing. And just yesterday, it looks like, they put out more comparison videos of, like, the opening sequence, it looks like. And this one's another sequence where Joel and... That's gotta be Ellie, right? Yeah, Joel and Ellie, they're on horseback, they're riding through a forest. Showing comparison videos of what it looked like on the remastered version on PS4 compared to a PS5. And yeah, it's just the environment's the biggest thing that I'm looking at. It's just fucking insane how much they packed into this world. Just, you know, on a world that's already made before, right? And it's like, how much can you really do on a remake for a next-gen system, right? And this is a true case of this should have happened, right? A lot of people were kind of giving it negative feedback of this game didn't need to happen. We've already had it twice, and why do we need it a third time? But I think they more than justified their case of why it needed to be a thing. So definitely cool to see this shit in action. Uh, definitely check it out if you guys want to see the updated graphics, the visuals, of course. Um, even frame rates. I guess there's certain modes you can play in like 120 frames a second, bro. And I'll tell you what, I'm playing that shit immediately in 120 for a second. I have you know a couple OLED TVs in my room. So I got a 48 inch, I got a 65 inch. I'm going to bounce between the two, see how much better it looks on the bigger TV. Of course, you know, you got more pixels, all that nerdy shit. But yeah, man, I'm excited to get back in that world one more time. But that's where the streaming things kind of comes in, right? So right here with The Last of Us Part 1, 1,000%, I will stream the entirety of that game on stream. And that's going to be at twitch.tv slash mrcurls. That's going to be M-R underscore C-U-R-L-Z-Z. Definitely tune in on there, bro. Um, not just for that. There's another game that's actually where I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'll do it. <laughs> but the other game that's coming out, or two games that are coming out next week, I should say. Um, or one game next week and one the following day. Let me just backtrack. I can't fucking talk. So next week, right? We'll start with this. Next week, we have the game. Not a lot of people like playing. I still like it for whatever reason. Uh, it's Madden, right? Uh, classic shit when I was a kid, you know, playing on a 
fuck, PS2, Xbox, and Xbox 360, all that shit. Um, yeah, man, it's still like a tradition in the house. Like, we still play it all the time. And we know that they have a lot of fucking issues over there at EA. They don't put as much time and effort as they should in these games. Uh, and, of course, you know, you got football and these sports going on every single year, right, continuously. So you get it. It has to be annualized. I understand. But just fucking put more effort into the game style, you know, this graphics. Just figure it out, please. It, it, the last two, three years have been just rehashes, and especially with, like, the franchise mode. And they have, like, the superstar mode where it's, like, a career-based thing, story mode, essentially. You start in, like, high school, move your way up to the NFL, get a Super Bowl. You're, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, all that shit. But, you know, I it's Madden, so I definitely want to hit that up a little bit next week. I don't know if I'd stream it. I'd probably stream it if I'm playing something online, just, like, competitively. Um, which I'm no, by no means am I, like, the greatest fucking Madden player. But, you know, I, I like to be competitive with some people sometimes just to <laughs> see a reaction, right? And not typically online, but, like, in the house, like, my stepdad or, like, my brother or something, my uncle, and we get down to Madden and just fucking talk shit to each other. But that's the thing that's coming out next Friday, right? So we'll, we'll see about the streaming on that one. But the one I really am considering, especially for the stream, is going to be the new Saints Row reboot. So that's coming out on the 23rd, which I believe is going to be the following Tuesday from Madden. So that's coming out that day. And I'm pretty anxious to play that one, in a sense. I do think it shouldn't have been rebooted. I think they should have just done some type of continuation or maybe just do a full remake of some of the other ones for next-gen systems first and then maybe toy with the idea of this. But it kind of just got sprung out of nowhere. of Like, oh, no, we're making a brand-new Saints Row, and it's going to be rebooted. And, of course, these are going to be on next-gen systems, but it's on every other platform, too. So I never really say it's a true next-gen game because it's not it, it's built for all these other things as well there's going to be some advantages that are going to be taken away from the next-gen systems because they have to develop this shit for other systems as well not saying that oh they can't figure out fucking graphics no like of course it's like the same engine and shit though that's the thing it's like they have to downgrade some shit for other systems and that just takes time right if they had all the time in the world just to focus on next-gen then i think it'd be kind of cool but you know just let's look at the style of the game itself the style of the game, it's very, I guess, Fortnite-oriented, kind of cartoony, but they're trying to keep it grounded in some sense of what previous Saints Row games look like. So it's a weird mixture of the two. And, yeah, the same concept, though, right? There's, like, different gangs, and I believe it's supposed to take place in some fictional Las Vegas timescape, in a way. So I'm curious to see how that plays out, how the world really looks. I'm going to do more deep dives into the game before I make a final decision. But I just think it's something weird and different. And, of course, with Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto, they always throw so much fucking wild things in those games that I think would be kind of cool to stream to other people and, like, let's have a collective, like, conversation about it and see, like, hey, is this game kind of good? Like, what's what's up with this game? So that's something to kind of look on the radar, right? And it's to be back on Twitch, like I said. So twitch.tv slash MrCurls, M-R underscore C-U-R-L-Z-Z. That's where that's going to be at. Um... Coming down to the last two topics, like I said, it's not going to be a long podcast today, but oh, this got super loud. Look at this ad. Okay. <laughs> a fucking stray ad, which is a great game. I'm going to go to a deep dive. In the... I might just um, do a review on stray next week. That might be a thing. I might do that. Um, 
But yeah, like I said, the last couple topics right here. Um, this one right here is coming from GameSpot. So it says right here, Sega has no plans to delay Sonic Frontiers from its 2022 launch. And it's supposed to be scheduled winter 2022. I doubt it. There's no fucking way, dude. Why would you have that release this year? People don't know what Sonic Frontiers is going to look like. It's an open world Sonic game. It looks so much like Breath of the Wild. It looks fucking ridiculous. So imagine Breath of the Wild, but you're Sonic, right? And you're fucking rolling around as a ball and flying all over the place. Essentially what it is. I think it's way too open. Sonic doesn't need to be that. It should be more condensed. Think of like The Last of Us, right? It's open world to an extent. Um, and it, It's an open world in a condensed world is how I guess I would explain it. But that's what Sonic needs to be. It doesn't need to be some shit where, like, oh, I can go travel across this whole map and do everything and go into mountains and shit. Like, no, dude, that's not what fucking Sonic is. You're collecting rings and then, you know, going up loops and shit. <laughs> like, I don't know why they think it needs to be anything more than that, but I get it. You I mean, you got the Sonic movie kind of coming in and they introduced that factor. Like, oh, Sonic in the real world. Like, what would he do and this and that? Just make something more like that then. Just make a, like, just make a Sonic the movie game some shit why don't you just do that but right here this kind of sega's comments on this because i think some things are getting delayed which that's gonna be my last topic something else that majorly got delayed um but yeah the big thing is a lot of these studios this winter of course it's either a covid reason right they got some shit like a lot of people have to work remotely still which i'm understanding and that's very hard in that game development especially trying to keep shit a secret i would imagine i don't know how you do that but Outside of that, because you got other big releases coming out this fall. And if you want a big new title, that's an experimental title more than anything, right? Especially Sonic Frontiers, open world type thing. You don't want it releasing next to anything. You want it to have its own thing. So say if people have nothing else to play, they'll just buy it out of pure curiosity. And then that's how you're going to make your sale. You can't just bank on the Sonic name, throw it in with other savage killer IPs that are either established or even getting more hype than this. You can't do it. So the fact that they're not even considering that delay is ridiculous to me. But let's kind of understand what Sega's coming from right here. But right here it says, we do not consider postponing the launch at this point. And this is from Sega's official English translation of the response. Okay. And it reads, within the communication with the users, we intend to reflect the parts that can be reflected within the development timeline and to build empathy with users. Sonic IP is a mainstay title we will sell the long-term in the future and we will continue to strengthen it in the next fiscal year onwards as well. Huh. I, I mean, that's the thing. They just, they're banking on the IP. I get it. Like I said, the movie, right? The movie's fucking smoking the box office the last couple of times. So right here, even, even that's like what I'm saying right now. So Sega even says, Sega also expects, expects rather, sorry, can't fucking speak today. The success of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at the box office to have an impact on the game's sales. Well, there you go. As the execs mentioned that repeat sales of Sonic titles grew after the first film was originally released. With the first film sequel being a bigger box office blockbuster. Very true. It's a fucking decent movie. Um, Sega believes that its success will help amplify Sonic game sales and that Sonic Frontiers will be the future of the franchise. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the future, huh? That's not good. And this right here makes a really good point. It's from GameSpot as well. Interestingly, the first Sonic the Hedgehog film delayed its original release date after the first trailer for that film introduced audiences to a more nightmarish incarnation of the Sega mech, uh, mascot. Look at that. 
Exactly. Remember when you seen that first trailer? That fucking Sonic looked ugly. It was horrible. It was very bad. I don't know what else they could have done. And I didn't think it was even possible. I thought they were just going to cancel the film. Like, nope, never have it come out because it looks fucking horrible. Thankfully, they went back and made it look like Sonic, which was should have been easy from the start, but they didn't understand that. But, yeah, after that, it was like after the negative reaction to the trailer, that version of Sonic was discarded and replaced by a new version that looked more faithful to the source material. Doi. <laughs> Ugly Sonic, yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. And they put in that Chippendale movie, yeah, and that's another thing that they're putting right there. And that's the thing. It's You've seen what happened with that first trailer and the negative reaction, right? Not even, you know, I guess in the game sphere, it's, it's different, right? These companies, that might think a little bit differently. Like, oh, no, well, the game's going to be different than that. But, I mean, just go from that model. If you get negative reaction to something you're putting out, this should just not even be for Sega. It should be for all game companies. If you're getting the negative reaction, don't put it out immediately. Like, okay, well, what do we need to change up that you guys are concerned about? Have these, like, have open dialogue with, you know, meaningful people. Of course, it's going to be people that are trolling. Just be like, oh, it's going to suck regardless, whatever. Um, but you can find people that have a level head, like, even inside the game industry. Just have people outside of different companies come in and be like, hey, can you check out this game? Play it for a little bit, whatever. Give us some feedback. And I get it, you got playtesters for that, but you want people that actually make the games to give you feedback on it. What's fun about it? What doesn't work? What looks good? What doesn't look good? What can we change differently to help you have a better experience? Simple shit like that. It's not that hard. And this just screams to me right here, like, oh, just the IP alone in the movies, it's going to sell. No, it's not. I, I promise you it's not. And if you're, but depends. If you put it around other huge titles that I'll get into, then it won't sell. It will not sell nearly as well as you think. If you put it around itself, nothing else close to it at all, you have like a month window, right, where it's just Sonic, a thousand percent, I think it works. But, I mean, why not just do it around the same time as the next movie comes out? It's like two years away. I don't know anybody who's dying to play a Sonic game right now. Delay for the next two years and like rebuild some shit in the game. Take your time. You ain't gonna do nothing else. I'm chill with waiting. I was even like completely wanting to play this game i mainly would just play the game just because my nephews love sonic and i would just get the game for them let them check it out and then i'd play with them and then like you know we'd all have fun playing the sonic game right like that'd be the chill thing but yeah i don't know man maybe they're just trying to make a quick buck off the kids and be like hey you know tell your parents buy this game it's super cool and if it's thrown into a kid's face the kid's just gonna be like oh my god the Sonic game is amazing i love the sonic game they're not critiques right they're just like, they just want to play something in a moment. It's just, it's nothing that's fucking meaningful. And I think that's what they're trying to cater to. Let's just trick the parents into buying this shit for these kids. And then that's it. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I do think they still end up delaying it because of this reason. And this is kind of segues into the next topic. So going off of the big releases, right? Like we just mentioned already, Saints Row for the month of August is probably the biggest release. Uh, and, of course, Madden's always sells decently. Um, but, of course, for September, you know, biggest thing, Last of Us Part 1 for the PS5. A lot of people are probably going to buy that. Um, October, you got Call of Duty. Biggest thing that's going to be out around that time. November, you got God of War Ragnarok. Nobody's fucking touching God of War. Stay away from it. Do not go anywhere close. Don't try to release a couple of days later, a couple of days before. No. Stay away for at least three weeks, I'd say. That's the only chance you got. But in doing that, that's where it's can't talk. This where it gets tricky. So at the beginning of November, you got God of War. That's going to sell incredibly well throughout that entire month. 
going into the holiday season and fucking, you know, you can just, ooh, don't know you know, it's going to sell millions million. Yeah, of course, it's going to sell millions of copies. I fucking get it. But for the rest of the year. Um, but in December, though, and I believe this is the first Friday in December. If I'm not wrong, it could be a week after. But then you got the Callisto Protocol coming out around that time, right? And that's a huge IP. Looks just like Dead Space. It's getting a ton of buzz. Big M-rated fucking horror game. Nobody's touching that game in December. Stay away from it. That's why they have enough room and cushion away from God of War to where, hey, a lot of those big sales are coming in November. Let's start December and just us, right? Nobody's going to fucking touch us. But another game that was in a fucking test of water and kind of tried to compete with these two was Hogwarts Legacy, right? That's another big title. Of course, that's going to sell fucking shit tons of copies. You know, of course, based off the title alone, the property... But the game actually looks pretty damn cool. Like, even people that aren't fans of Harry Potter are probably like, oh, shit, I might want to play some shit like this. I was even on board with it. I'm not even the biggest Harry Potter fan. And I'm like, dude, let's check it out. This might be kind of cool. But the rumor was it was going to come out a week after Callisto Protocol. If I'm not wrong. And I thought that was a horrible idea. Like, why would you do that? One, you might be able to still make a shit ton of sales because it still looks like a good game. So it would sell, right? But... In the meantime, though, just don't, you don't have to take away from any type of sales with Callisto and God of War, right? Because God of War, like I said, is still going to sell pretty well throughout the holiday season. Like, you don't, you don't got to try to compete with these guys. Like, go somewhere else in a different month and just completely obliterate that month when there's, like, no other titles, right? And sure as shit, right here, this just happened an hour ago. Uh, this is from GameSpot as well. And actually, this is from Games Radar. Sorry about that. Um... They got Hogwarts Legacy delayed into 2023. Smart fucking move. And when you ask that it comes out, it's coming out in February. Perfect timing. I don't know what other games are coming out in February. I don't think anything is. I'm sure there's going to be some indie titles. There might be some random, you know, offshoot titles. But, yeah, nobody's touching that in February. Which, if there is something that I'm thinking of right now um, for Spoken... If that's coming out in February, they got to move that for sure. But that's a brand new uh, IP from PlayStation. So hopefully they're not launching it around this. Because Hogwarts is going to fucking obliterate anything in February for sure. I don't even think there's a doubt about it. Um, but yeah, dude. It's interesting. They delayed it. And like I said, smart move. you got to have some breathing room with that game. Make sure that it could sell incredibly well by itself. It doesn't need to compete with anything. If you want it to, it still sells. But it won't sell as much. You don't need to compete with anything. Stay by yourself. You got, you got February. You're going to completely obliterate it. Like I said, it's fine. You're chilling. You don't got to do nothing else. And that's what Sonic should fucking do. Move it to March or some shit next year. Move it to March and then you're fine. I don't know. Any other big titles are coming out next March. If you make it clear now, oh, Sonic Frontiers is coming out next March. Boom. Might work, right? You'll still sell. But the game, I still won't, I don't think it sells as well because the game just doesn't look that good. It's just going to cater to kids. That's all it is. But Hogwarts is doing it right. And that's the cool thing with the Hogwarts thing. From my understanding, it's going to be on every system too. So PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Series X, PC. And then some fucking how, which this game already looks incredible, it's coming out on the Switch. I don't know how. I I honestly don't know how they're going to pull that off. But I mean, those guys make the games, right? I don't do none of that shit. That's fucking... I can't even wrap my brain around that. But they're pulling it off somehow. And... That's why I think that game's going to sell crazy. Because, like I said, the IP, the game looks incredible. And they're going to put on a fucking Switch, too. So that goes into a whole other fucking customer base where Nintendo's king 
in the video game um, realm, right? So you're getting access to all those people that love Harry Potter that play on a Switch. They're going to buy that shit, even if it doesn't run that well, which it won't. It won't run that well. It probably won't look nearly as good, of course, right? But, you know, if people are able to sit down and play for a few hours at a time without it glitching out too much and whatever, graphics are insequential. They don't really care. It, at the end of the day, you just want a fun game. I want something that I could play for a while and doesn't have like fucking like Horizon or some shit. Or like Forza, you know what I mean? It's how beautiful reflections are in that game environments and shit. It doesn't have to look like that. It's cool. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing I wanted to talk about today was that, the Hogwarts Legacy delay. Because I was anticipating it for a while because they never gave it a solid release date outside of that rumor December like 10th release date or some shit. But it, it needed that. Let's give it a couple more months. It's not too far. It's only February. They did the same thing with Horizon last year. It was supposed to come out. A rumor was it was supposed to come out in November last year, but then they pushed it back to February. Makes more sense. Give a little bit more polish. There's not uh, what issue though was with the Horizon thing was they released it next to like Elden Ring, Dying Light Two, and then I think one other game. I was like, you're fucking gonna get smashed, dude. Like, why would you? And Elden Ring Two alone just wasn't gonna obliterate anything that was even close to it, but. That was their fault at the end of the day. And I think that's why the game wasn't as successful is because they launched it around that time. It was horrible timing. But, you know, as far as my knowledge goes, there's not really anything else that's going to compete with the Hogwarts thing. And I think everybody and their fucking mom's going to buy this game, bro. Everybody. Regardless if you're in love with that franchise or not, you're, you're going to buy it. But, yeah, dude, uh, we're coming up on an hour right now. I just wanted to kind of break down my whole life, right? That took up... Like I just said earlier, it took up half the episode, and I might have ranted a little too much sometimes. You know, I can't fucking speak. I start stumbling over words and whatever it may be. You know, I try to get my point across, and, you know, as hard as this is to kind of keep up each each week, right, kind of maintain it and make sure that I'm fresh and going into these topics and making sure that you guys feel that, hey, this guy actually cares about what he does. Like, that's what I'm trying to accomplish here. And, of course, you know, we're just talking about this for the love of video games and just, you know, nerd culture in general, so... Yeah, man, that's going to be it for this week. I'm excited to get back into it next week. Hopefully, you know, I have like maybe a first impressions of some Madden. Maybe I have that. I might start writing some stuff down for a whole stray review. Um, and yeah, we'll just keep going and see what kind of news pops up. But I'm sure it's going to be very exciting times. And we're getting right around that corner where it's about to be the fall season. That's fucking games galore. So exciting times ahead. And I'm stoked to be doing it with you guys. But outside of that, you guys take it easy.